Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Wiseology. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Um, I had a lot of time, and I spent a lot of time thinking about and processing what has taken place here, uh, most recently with the Capitol riots. I should say Capitol riot, singular. Um, the way the media and the politicians and friends, family, uh, complete strangers have processed process it in their own way. And, and those discussions that we had, sometimes heated, I shouldn't say heated, really more spirited. Um, and I then spent a little time reflecting back on the last few months. Um, I then went back and uh, reflected over the last four years of the Trump administration. Uh, and then I reflected back prior to the Trump administration. Did a lot of reading, um, all news sources, um, some with more bias, some with less. But regardless, I read enough where I, I, I got enough balance from both sides of the story. Uh, and as we all know, that there are three sides to every story. There's uh, one side, the other side, and then the truth somewhere lies in the middle. I want to start off by saying that um, the research that I, that I did really dated back to the riots um, in this particular instance, back to the riots that took place in Ferguson, Missouri, with that unfortunate incident where that, that uh, gentleman was shot uh, by the officer and killed. Um, and any time there's a death or any type of violence, I am uh, adamantly opposed to all of that. Uh, so off the rip, let me just say, I don't condone any violence of any form. Um, I have gone back and I have read uh, several times, um, you know, even further back uh, in time of uh, social unrest. Uh, for those of you who are old enough, you can remember the, the uprising um, in Tiananmen Square in China, uh, which was a big political movement. Um, different purpose, but still the same. You had the, the massive uprising in Egypt. That, that basically forced government change there. You have continued riots and um, civil unrest in multiple countries around the world. Um, I guess most recently, one that we can point out to beyond our own um, is in Venezuela, the horrible unrest that takes place there. Those people are suffering. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of different factors that lead people to to to, to protest. Um, social media platforms have now made it um, a very very powerful tool to organize and um, to deploy um, assets. And in this case, the biggest assets are the humans protesting. 
Um, but you know, the, with the proliferation of social media, you can organize, you know, as we all know, a local community event to civil unrest, and in some cases, maybe civil war. Let's hope not. Um, there are leaders, uh, there are influencers, there are people all over the world, uh, good, bad, and indifferent, that use these platforms. Um, and, you know, basically, I would say, for the most part, these are all good things. I know that um, me personally, I'm, uh, through social media, um, I catch up on my, you know, with my friends. It's, that's how I use to, to see what's going on in their lives, um, their personal lives. And I don't share too much, um, you know, other than professionally related uh, social media. Then I'll, I'll share a bunch, but I won't share, you know, I usually share my views that I have on Westology or I have another one called Pizza Palette, which is really about pizza. I don't discuss po politics um, or anything of that nature or finance on that. I just discuss pizza. Um, be that as it may. I am, as a, as a student of political science, um, that's what I studied in college. It doesn't make me an expert. Um, but I've always said that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I have a pretty good understanding, almost to a fault, of cutting through the noise um, and how it all relates to macroeconomics. Um, and that's what I do professionally when I manage money. I, I, I'm able to put the pieces together and kind of, I could build myself a roadmap six months to a year down the road. I'm... I'm a little perplexed by this, not about how the market's going to perform because the market will perform. I think that social media stocks are in jeopardy here. Why, you might ask. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, what I would like to say is that the the... The president, who I am a huge fan of his policies, not his personality. I am a fan of his policies, his economic policies, his, judi his judicial leanings. I am, a, I am in, in favor of, of um, how he has treated China economically um, and politically. I am in favor of how he has tried to reset the U.S.'s global participation in funding a lot of projects around the world. Um, I'm in favor of a lot of his policies. You know, redoing NAFTA, um, I thought was better for our country and for our, our labors, our, our laborers and manufacturers. I think that, that he, I think through his words and, and his, his rhetoric, it's all gotten lost, and once that, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in a tube. And I really, I cannot tell you how upset I am as an American that what took place in the Capitol was beyond disturbing. Beyond. I mean, like upsetting, like losing sleep um, on, many, on many levels. First of all, the visual. 
Second of all, the vitriol, um, in his words, and the words of some of the people. Now, I can identify with a lot of the people, not the people that stormed, but the people that show up to hear the president speak. But the words that he spoke were really disturbing, not because... Um, not because um, he was pan- not, I don't want to say he was pandering to his 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 devout followers, and I use followers as the word because um, they 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 to to Trump's credit and to uh, and to his mastery in marketing he. He really, he really, he really gets how to play to a crowd. Now, I am not in favor of the violence. I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. But you know what? He's a grown man. He's a wealthy man. You know, we could debate back and forth, and I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that don't like him. And again, I don't like his personality, but I like what he stood for when he ran. Of, of breaking the mold and the and the and the recurring cycle that goes on in Washington. But it has really opened my eyes with all these people, all these these 74 million people that voted for him. And I'm not in favor. I I I I by the way, I also fully support and I get behind Joe Biden and Joe Biden's success at his administration. I want to see the country succeed. And if Joe Biden succeeds, in theory, not succeeding in an election, but succeeding as a president, we all need to coalesce and come together. Now, I, the, one of the things that I've observed in, 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 in this, in, I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, is the treatment of the media and the and the the politicians and the hypocrisy that lies within them and they are in sync they are absolutely in sync and this is the tragedy in our country we had it started in ferguson and by the way um to president obama's credit and politicians they were all as we all were super upset at any incident like that. But the violence was condoned off the rip. And what took place with George Floyd in the summer of 2020, as horrible as it was, you know, simultaneously happened when everyone had been cooped up in their homes because of COVID. You cannot let a little a little what started out as a little spark evolve into a out of control wildfire and that is exactly what happened and again let's separate the let's separate the the act of what happened as horrible as it was to isolating it to the one area versus having it be an excuse to set the world on fire and not one politician really 
um, I shouldn't say that, one Democratic politician denouncing any of it, any of it. And it was all horrible. And we should all, the act, focus on the act of what happened. Not, not politicizing the act, not, not, um, not creating more division. Um, it was a horrible thing that happened. I don't understand why they didn't denounce it. Well, actually, I do understand it, but you, no, one tell, no one talks about it. The media used it as a wedge. The violence and instability, they were using it to go after Trump. They figured if the world was on fire, they can blame him. And to a large part, it worked, but that's why they didn't denounce it. They only started to denounce the violence when the numbers after the the Democratic National Convention polling numbers showed that Trump's rhetoric about this anti-violence, and it's it's not rhetoric, it's just law and order, was trending so well that they sw- that's when they started to denounce it, but not a day before. And there are several media analysts, which I'm not going to mention, and there are several politicians that were very adamant about let it burn, um, you know, in Washington and Seattle during Chopped. They were trying to set federal buildings. They were trying to destroy federal buildings. They were trying to destroy... They, they lit... Um, in Minneapolis, they set a, a police station on fire. Uh, they destroyed it. The police abandoned it. Um, I don't think that there were any, there were a lot of, if not any, murders related to protesting. There were murders that led to protesting, but no murders that, that occurred or no um, deaths that occurred um, as a result of the protesting. I think people were given a pretty wide berth to do whatever they wanted to without, you know, with no impunity. I don't understand New York City. Let it go. Leave them alone. Don't arrest anybody. If you arrest them, let them right out. You had people like Kamala Harris and other politicians. I don't mean to cite her, but, um, but actually I do. That, that put money into bailing the people that were arrested from protests out. They were looting, burning down small businesses. Some were claiming it was for reparations. Um, and uh, that's not for people to decide. That's for a court to decide. And I'm not against reparations uh, per se, but people don't get to decide on their own what they're going to take. I mean, can you imagine what the Jews would do if they claimed all of a sudden reparations, all the, the, the Jews that are in the United States, if they wanted to riot? And they, they said, you know what? Today's going to be Holocaust Reparation Day. Let's go bang out all the BMW and Mercedes dealerships and steal all the cars. They don't do that, okay? Um, and they have equal right to be an equal right to be to be um, uh, upset and 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 uh, I don't know in an uproar over over being discriminated against. The Jews have been discriminated for centuries, centuries and centuries. That's another podcast. Moving on. So here we have a protest. And and even, you know, with, with what started out as a 
peaceful rally protest ended up in this siege on the Capitol building. All the politicians are denouncing the protest. They're denouncing the violence. Um, they're denouncing Trump. I want to impeach Trump. Um, I'm not sure what purpose that serves other than creating out, creating um, further division, even though they're the party of healing right now. You know, you kind of reap what you sow. You didn't, you didn't denounce any violence, any violence over the summer. Hey, we understand you. We hear you. We'll take care of it, but you need to, you need to remain calm and not violate other people's civil liberties and rights in the process. They were extended that. Lafayette Park, they burned a church down. They were pulling down statues, destroying property, um, accosting people, especially when they were exiting our politicians, getting in their faces, following them. You had Maxine Waters calling for uh, people to behave aggressively and not let them live their lives normally. You, you had calls for a lot of bad things by politicians um, and, and the media. But now, when the other side does it, people don't like it. It's a, now it's a completely different thing. Let me remind you of what happened during the Kavanaugh hearings when a group of peaceful protesters um, surged into the Capitol building. And they, they I, don't know, I don't remember the exact part of the Capitol building, but it was, it was a, a very big foyer slash lobby. And they took over. And they sat down, and they were completely disruptive. They didn't have a permit to be in there. They weren't there legally. They were there illegally. And you had sitting... U.S. senators sitting down with them in protest. Now, these people didn't break any windows. And I'm all in favor of a protest. Uh, I don't participate, but, you know, I protest through voice. It, it wasn't unsafe then. And the Capitol Police arrested a lot of people. A lot of people. Why weren't they more prepared? How were they able to take over that space? No one talks about the preparedness of the Capitol Police then. Look, what happened at the Capitol was disgusting. But it's no worse than the hypocrisy on display by the media, the cancel culture, and the politicians. You want to gang tackle the president? You want him out? He's out. I get it. Did he ask the people to arm themselves and attack the Capitol? I'm not so sure he did. If he did, it's disgusting. And he should have said, hey, thanks for coming out for me. We'll run again another four years. or We'll make sure that someone's in place to run in another four years where our voices can be heard. You know, not storm the castle, so to speak. And in this case, storm the Capitol. I, uh... It's very disheartening. The cancel culture, the the hypocrisy is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And what you see going on now with social media 
and, and the level of censorship. They allow the Ayatollah, Twitter allows the Ayatollah of Iran to speak with impunity again. Um, he, he calls for the destruction of, the, of Israel as a country, wiping it off the face of the earth. And he's not being um, satirical. He's being, he's, he's speaking what he feels. But he, he's, he's allowed to do that. And the President of the United States is not allowed to, um, is not allowed to speak on the platform. I get that. Okay, you want to kick him off? You want to leave Maduro on? Um, the dictator in Venezuela, you want to leave him on and let him be on your platform? Okay, well, um, I am not long Twitter. Uh, they have banned Twitter. They have banned the president, um, Donald Trump, from using Twitter, not the POTUS. Um, before Twitter, I should say before Trump um, started running for office, tw Twitter was a 18 maybe a $17 stock. They had no way to monetize their they had no way to monetize their revenue. User growth was minimal at best. Engagement was very low. And now the stock's trading at fifty plus dollars. The engagement up is up through the roof on Twitter. User growth is flat. But the people that are on Twitter are pretty devout their ad revenue, they've somehow figured out how to make some money through that um, because their their level of engagement is so intense. So they decided to ban Trump for whatever reasons, and they threw a couple of his other people, uh, Michael Flynn, um, a couple of QAnon uh, sites, um, his, his lawyer down in Georgia, Sydney, you know what? You're going to see what happens today or the next couple of weeks in Twitter's stock price. The board's not going to be happy because Dorsey doesn't run that company anymore. It's not his personal company. It's the shareholders and essentially the board. And it's not his personal thing to do what he wants. And that company has to make money. And if their ad revenue is working and they have some, they finally are making money, what do you think is going to happen if their engagement rate, let's just say their engagement rate goes down by 30% by banning Trump and all his followers or a lot of his followers leave and he's not there to be everyone's punching bag anymore. Twitter's done. Twitter's absolutely done. I'm not saying it's going out of business, but there's no future growth there at all. Their user, their user growth is zero as is. That stock is going to, the stock's going right back to where it came from before Trump went into office or pretty goddamn close. And why is that? It's a victim of its own censorship. Now, Facebook's done the same thing, but Facebook, Facebook has a much bigger platform and Trump didn't save Facebook uh, from itself. They, they grew a company and um, 
you know, they have a much wider audience than Twitter, a lot bigger user base. You know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that aren't happy with Facebook, but Facebook doesn't really mind losing those users, apparently. Um, and what people don't remember about Facebook, and by the way, I am a Facebook shareholder. Um, what people do not remember about Facebook is that Facebook started out as a site. <coughs> Excuse me. Facebook started out as a site at Harvard, as a politically incorrect site to rate women and their looks. That's right. It started out as a misogynistic um, uh, a misogynistic uh, you know, just a misogynistic social network to rate women and the and the and their dateability based on some sophomoric guidelines. Um, now, they have since changed their model, but it doesn't change the fact that everyone's still on the platform, even though they were misogynistic. They have a COO there who's a very powerful, experienced, super smart woman, Sheryl Sandberg, These companies are playing on very slippery slopes with their, with their censorship. Um, and the only thing I could say um, is to the social media companies and to the media, the current media, and the politicians that are in favor of muzzling Donald Trump in this particular instance or anyone with opposing views, but in this case, it's really Donald Trump. You take a look at Nazi Germany. You take a look at communist China. You take a look at communist Russia. You take a look at current Russia. You take a look at what happens in South America. Anywhere where there's a dictator, anywhere where there's communism, in some cases, uh, devout socialism, what happens is when you eliminate Opposing views, and you censor out opposing views. You're no different than the countries that you that you label as bad actors. When you silence opposition, and you remove opposition, you're telling the world that you are no different, even though you claim to be. You walk a moral high ground built on the foundation of paper mache. It is bullshit, and what will happen is it will all burn down. You allow these companies that, that operate under the, the protection of Section 230, where they have no liability for their actions, essentially, as, as far as their online content. Yet you, you take their money in political donations. You let them steer the political process one way or the other, they need to be neutral. And if they can't be neutral, then they can't be at all. They need to play by the, the regular rules that everyone else does. They need to be liable for their practices. And in this case, they need to be liable for censoring free speech. They can't have it both ways. You can't be half pregnant. You don't get the protections of Section 230 
and get to censor people at the same time. Just doesn't happen. You want to be a police? You, you want to police your content? Okay. If you're going to pick and choose, then all bets are off. Section 230 doesn't apply to you. And I'm a, I'm a Facebook shareholder. I don't, I don't want this to happen. But the idea of people, politicians, and the media trying to snuff out the ideologies and thought process of the opposition, no matter how crazy it is, is again a violation of the First Amendment. So unless your intention is to change the Constitution in the next two to four years, you are setting up a precedent that we criticize and lambast around the world. North Korea. All these countries, Iran, all of these countries that politicians sit up there and rightfully so condemn for the majority or for the powerful to suppress an opposition view is the biggest hypocrisy of all. And again, you reap what you sow. It's like a rubber band. The further you stretch it, the further you go out to the fringe, the harder the snapback. If Joe Biden's really a unifier, which he, he says he will be, he needs to put a stop to this right away. Because that capital demonstration, as sad as it was, those passions don't get extinguished with the, the flip of a switch. Those people are hurting for whatever reason. They're not all crazy. I mean, to storm the building like that is, you know, not everyone stormed the building. There were a lot of people that were just standing around that got caught up in it, unfortunately. And a lot of people got lumped into it, just like the Black Lives Matter protests. Not everyone that was supporting the Black Lives Movement, which is a great movement, doesn't condone violence, looting, rioting, setting buildings on fire, flipping cars, attacking police. Maybe the Capitol Police laid down because they didn't have the funding. Maybe they thought they were defunded. I don't know. It wasn't a black or white thing. Maybe they just thought no one would have the balls to come up there. It had, maybe it had nothing to do with color. It's being, it's being um, demonized as a racist thing now. I, I, I don't know. It's very disturbing. I'm sorry this, this is a, a somber episode, but I'm not sorry for the content. It's something we all need to think about. And it doesn't matter who you vote for um, because it affects us all. We all should be rooting for non-censorship. We all should want our politicians, Republican and Democrat, to denounce violence. The Republicans were the first to denounce the storming of the Capitol. They were also the first to denounce all the activity over the summer. The Democrats use it 
as a building block for their end game, whatever that might be, which changes all the time. Don't confuse the personality with the ideology. I mean, I don't really have more to say. I mean, I have lots more to say on it, but I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I'm not looking to stoke a fire. I'm. I'm just trying to point out some some real bad realities of the hypocrisy that we're living with that we all need to consider. It doesn't matter what party you are. I'm not making a case for Trump here for four more years. That ship has sailed. Move on. Is there voter fraud? A hundred percent. Is it enough to overturn an election? Definitely not. However, as far as I'm concerned, one vote that is fraudulent demeans the, the whole process. That's what's great about the United States is that our votes matter. Our votes matter. They don't matter in the third world countries where they say they have elections and they're predetermined before the election. The Democrats have been spending the last five years undermining the will of the people. And I know that sounds like a broken record to everyone, but it's the truth. To expect Joe Biden to be the president-elect and have everyone and just you know wave a wand and expect everyone to go about their lives and not forget about what Trump's supporters have endured and the president for the last five years, the investigations... Two wrongs don't make a right. We should all coalesce and, and strive for success for our country instead of rooting against and rooting for people's failure. But again, you reap what you sow. Um, anyway, have a wonderful day. I would avoid Twitter at all costs. The stock's going to be a teenager because, unless someone bails them out. Um caveat emptor if you're still long it that's all i can say everyone have a wonderful day uh thanks for listening and until next time a solid olympic 10 absolute zero Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about.